1: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Warning,
2: this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem so if you're 21 and older consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the black buffalo herd head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more you can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country black buffalo tobacco alternative bold flavor full pouches What is going on everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast, back at it again. Another beautiful week. Well, I guess that's one way to put it, but we're, we're up and running here. Uh, got some stuff going on. We got the Redskins. I guess they're no longer going to be called that. We'll dive into that. Uh, the Dak Prescott, some stories about there's no communication going on. I'll dive into some thoughts there, and there was a lot of talk with the Mahomes contract, how that will impact Dak Prescott, and uh, definitely have some thoughts there. The NBA is doing some stuff uh, separate from the bubble, but the way they're handling the coronavirus in terms of telling the public who has Corona and who doesn't have Corona, I I think there there's some things there that the NFL can definitely learn from and do differently. Come the fall. I appreciate everyone that's been listening. That's gone to the three and out podcast on Apple and left the review. Uh, preferably a five star, but if you want to give a whatever, just if you like the podcast, go to Apple, go to iTunes, leave a review, subscribe to the three and out podcast. I, I would greatly appreciate that. And of course, Middlecoff mailbag will be at the end of the show at John Middlecoff is the Instagram handle and the direct messages Wide open, get your questions answered here on the show. Some people get mad. You're like, "Oh, you missed my question." Listen, I don't have a secretary. I just I, I do this uh, live on the show. If I miss your question, I apologize. You can always shoot another question, and I, I will eventually see it. So I'm not, uh, you know, I don't. There's there's not a method of the madness. I, I just whatever the first thing I see, I, I I just read at John Middlecoff Instagram handle slide up in there. Okay, let's dive into the Washington. I don't know what they're going to be called, football team, because now we know, I guess it's unofficially official, that they will no longer be called the Redskins, and I've said over and over, I, I, I don't spend that much time thinking about this story, I, I never have over the years, uh, I, I wasn't you know, against changing the name, I wasn't for changing the name, I, I really did not care, they changed the name, fine, good, I, it, it doesn't matter. And I think two things you see here. One, nothing has ever changed in business when things are going well. Because under Dan Snyder, despite being the self-made billionaire, his franchise has been a disaster on the field. An absolute train wreck. I think the only teams you'd put in their kind of realm over the last 15 years in terms of winning and losing, I would imagine if we broke this down, would probably be the Browns and the Raiders that they have lost at high rates. Beside, you kind of siphon out the RG3 rookie year, the, the Redskins have been a joke. Now, what they have not been a joke at is making money. They've made a lot of money. The franchise valuation has skyrocketed. Part of that is just the growth of the NFL. Part of that is they're in a massive market, but their brand is big. So, clearly, all these, the FedEx. Nike, when these big corporations start kind of putting your feet to the fire, it forces change. Because for as much as people on Twitter think that everything happens out of the goodness of their heart and companies when they change and they they do all these advertisements on TV about, you know, different social issues, it's always about money. It always is, because any public corporation, their number one priority is about Profits and losses and cash. And once they start, whoever they're partners with or in business with, start threatening to take away their money, it creates change. We saw it over the last month with Facebook, right? I think some, uh, was it Sprint or some of these companies like, we will not advertise on Facebook anymore. Well, guys, you're not advertising on Facebook because, like most of us, we think the company's kind of shady. You're doing it simply because we're in the middle of a pandemic. You're probably losing your ass. You got to cut the marketing bill. Because here's what I do know: as someone that's advertised on Facebook and on Instagram, it works. Why do most people advertise on those platforms? It works. I knew that they do shady stuff. That I wouldn't trust Zuckerberg to walk my dog across the street, let alone to the information that I I gave him. Uh, he sold it. <laughs> I mean, whether I knew that was going to happen or not, that's I, I put that necess- you know on me. But after that information came out, I kept advertising on Instagram. Again, why it worked. So it's easy to say, we're no longer advertising on Facebook. Yeah, let's check the books. You're losing cash these last couple quarters. You got to cut a budget and it's easy to cut the advertising budget. It's kind of a tried and true formula in a recession. So I think it was an easy one for some of these companies when everything was happening in America to be like, we no longer stand with Dan Snyder and his refusal to change the name. So, ultimately, that creates some change, and I think, I would imagine the biggest reason Dan Snyder never wanted to change the name is because there's a huge branding element to it, but the more and more I thought about it, I was like, well, it's not like the last 20 years, like, if, if you wanted the Patriots to change their name, it would be a pretty freaking big deal, because when you see the Patriots brand, you immediately think, Super Bowls winning." Brady Belichick, massive brand. You know, you don't necessarily think winning with the Cowboys, but you think brand, right? You think the 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 Packers, the Steelers, teams that have been consistently winning over the past couple decades. I would say if you tried to force them to change their name right now, it would be a pretty big deal. There's a reason I, I don't even you just never know in the times we live in in the culture. Let's say there's something wrong with the Yankees or like the Lakers, right? There was just Again, I, I don't think there is. I'm uh, pretty sure the Yankees were fighting, you know, the good side of the war, and the Lakers were just named after Lakes because they came from Minnesota. But let's say, like the version of the Redskins, people were trying to get them to change the name because in this hypothetical, it wasn't politically correct. Well, if I was Jeannie Buss or I was the Steinbrenners kids, you, you would have a fight on your hands because those brands mean a lot more than the Redskins brand simply because the, this team has been terrible. I mean god awful for several decades now. Yeah, they had some histories like when I was I was born in the mid 80s, so in the late in the 80s they were good. Who cares? 1990 right now is 30 years ago. Think how average they have been, especially just the last two decades in the internet age. We've seen other teams change their name and be okay. I mean, it's happened in the NFL. Now, it even happened in their region with the Washington Bullets. They changed their name to the Wizards. You know what? At the end of the day, it didn't really matter. Kind of like this franchise, they haven't been that good either. They had a little run, right, with Gilbert Arenas and Antoine Jameson, and then the last couple of years, But you are just known as the Wizards, whatever. But let's look at the football standpoint. This isn't that complicated. The Baltimore Colts, in 1984, left to go to Indianapolis. The Cleveland Browns, in the mid, I guess, 96, 97, decided to leave and go to Baltimore. And they were called the Baltimore Ravens. And what happened over the last, you know, I think that happened in 98 to 2020. We just go, oh, the Baltimore Ravens. Ray Lewis, Jonathan Ogden, a couple Super Bowls. The the, uh, the Houston Oilers. They were the Houston Oilers. Moved to Tennessee. Tennessee just Tennessee Titans, what happened to Houston? I don't know. They got a team. They didn't name it the Oilers. They named it the Texans. And we just, Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans. You just change, and it just happens, especially with teams with history that are not like the major brands of the sport, like the Lakers, the Yankees, the Celtics, the Steelers, the Packers. They're just, you know, if, if you change the Houston Texans name tomorrow, you know, in a couple years, I don't think it would be that big a deal. I, if you changed the Jacksonville Jaguars name yesterday, I don't think it would impact that much. Now, if you change the New York Giants or the New England Patriots or the Pittsburgh Steelers or the San Francisco 49ers, it would have a huge lasting impact. I'm even talking if, you know, just if you just change the name randomly, not even because it was PC. I'd be like, that'd be a big deal. With this team, if it wasn't for ESPN force-feeding us the NFC East, I don't think most people outside of the, the like the northeast region would even care. And I would imagine if you poll a lot of people in like Philly, New York, Boston, they don't even care about this football team. Like obviously the DC area is a major market, but when your team sucks for this long and they have sucked for this long, I think it's easier to make a change. We've seen it happen in other sports and we've definitely seen it happen in football. Now, typically in football, it happens when a team leaves, like the Baltimore Colts or like the Houston Oilers. But in in this, I think in a couple years, if they're the Washington Warriors or the Washington Red Tails or whatever they ultimately are called, he will still print money. And if he's ever, ever able to win, you could argue it would like refresh a new brand. If somehow in two years, Ron Rivera and you know either gets a new quarterback or, you know, helps this guy that, you know, the second-year guy they have from Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins, and they just become good, and maybe in two years or three years, they're a consistent playoff team, and they're just known as the Washington Red Tails or the Washington Warriors or the Washington whatever. I don't even think people will remember. We've never lived in a time where people forget faster. Now, it's much, much more difficult when your teams have been consistently relevant and consistently winning. It's not the case here. I actually think whenever they ultimately pick a new name, it'll be a seamless transition, especially, and I believe in this guy, because he's shown us before he went to a borderline irrelevant franchise in the Carolina Panthers and took them to the playoffs a bunch and made them a national brand with Cam Newton. So I I believe if Ron Rivera can get a quarterback, he's proven he can win, and he will resurrect your brand. And then whatever their new name is, they'll just be known as that. And, you know, in 10 years,
0: we won't even remember this team was named that. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well... At these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, let's dive into Dakota Prescott, also known as Dak, also known as the Cowboys quarterback. And... The whole situation of Dak has me thinking of of something. You know, when you're a single guy or a girl, and you go on a date with someone, and it goes really well, sometimes it behooves you to not blow up her phone the next day. Maybe even for a couple days. Just lay low. Anyone that's ever been into a contract negotiation, you know, in terms of business, knows that sometimes the less aggressive person has the upper hand to just lay low. If someone makes you an offer, you don't have to respond right away. Make them be desperate. But we're talking maybe a day, maybe three days, maybe at most a week. Now, I wouldn't recommend, if the date goes well, waiting a week, but waiting a couple days is not crazy. But if the date goes really well, or the biz- business contract negotiations go really well. And you go, you know what? Because we've all said it. I, 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 You know, you call up your friend. Call up your buddy. You call up your business partner. Like, I, I think we got a huge deal. Or well, I think I met the love of my life. And then you don't hear from them for, let's say, a month. Usually that's a pretty big red flag. And I think we realize, you know, maybe she doesn't like you. Maybe it didn't go as well as you thought on the date from her perspective maybe the business contract negotiations turned them off because they're nowhere to be found. And there comes to a point where patience crosses the line of no communication being a bad thing. And I'll never forget when Mike McCarthy got the job, Jane Slater was talking to Mike McCarthy on NFL Network, and she asked him, have you contacted Dak Prescott yet? And this was a couple days into, you know, he had been officially hired. He had given his press conference. And his response, I remember, put up red flags in my world and a lot of people, you know, that cover the league on Twitter. was like, God, that's kind of weird. And Mike McCarthy said, no, I have not called him. This is your starting quarterback. This isn't your right guard. This isn't your outside linebacker. This is your quarterback. The lifeblood of any franchise with the coach. And definitely for a new coach. I remember thinking, God, you know, I... I get there's a lot going on, but McCarthy's had the year off. Uh, I mean, just he, what has he he's just been hanging out with Jerry? He couldn't give the guy a call? Like, I, I remember thinking that was really weird. And Clarence Hill, who covers the Cowboys, reported today that the Cowboys have not had contract negotiations with Dak and his camp since March. It's pretty clear. Like, I don't even think it's arguable right now. Are the Cowboys really interested in extending him to a long-term contract? Is Mike McCarthy, the new head coach, sold on Dak Prescott being his quarterback for the next four or five years under a contract, whatever, $30, $35 million, regardless of the exact number per year? One thing we know, with quarterback contra- contracts, Mahomes is an outlier, and if I hear one more time, Mahomes' contract's really going to impact Dak. No, it won't. Mahomes and Dak have nothing in common. Beside they both play quarterback. <laughs> I mean, Mahomes has won an MVP and his second year carried a team to the Super Bowl. Literally won the Super Bowl for the Chiefs. We saw that. Like, it happened. Dak Prescott couldn't beat the Eagles when they were playing with, like, Carson Wentz, me, and you. We, we also saw that game. I like Dak Prescott. But when I see the $35 million a year numbers, I, I went, you know, if I was Jerry, if I was McCarthy... I think I'd pump the brakes. I've said a couple months ago, maybe maybe a little less, who knows, this is in the middle of Corona, I can't even keep up with the dates, that I would date Dak Prescott, I would not marry him. I would feel very comfortable playing on the, on the franchise tag. It's pretty clear the Cowboys are also very comfortable making Dak Prescott play on the franchise tag. I don't know this, I don't know the guy, but I think if we go back to those first couple days when he was hired, and when he told... Jane that, you know, I haven't called him yet. Maybe Mike McCarthy the entire time wasn't totally on board with signing him to this long-term contract. Because if I was the coach and I had a quarterback that I believed in, here's the thing. When you're a head coach in the league, and when you're anyone in the league, people always ask me this, like, do you, do you evaluate every position? If you're a team with a quarterback, are you evaluating quarterbacks? And my response is yes. Teams always evaluate every position because you just never know. A player in a trade, if you're a coach at any moment, you get fired. Now, if you're an offensive coach, you might not be. If you're an offensive assistant coach, you're probably not breaking down secondary players in the draft. But if I'm an offensive coordinator or a head coach on the offensive side of the ball like Mike McCarthy, he studied that coming out. And obviously, I think he played them once he was in the league with the Packers, and he played Dak Prescott. Uh, obviously, he played him actually in the in the playoffs when they beat him. I think it was Dak's rookie year. Remember when Rodgers carried that team to the uh, NFC Championship? But if you remember, Dak actually had a really good game uh, against the Packers. It was their defense was atrocious, but he he's going to have a pretty good idea. And then when he took the Cowboys' job. I would imagine the first thing he did when he was evaluating different teams, where should I go, where should I not go, is watch the quarterback. Watch the offense, and specifically the quarterback. Kind of his bread and butter. Again, in theory, we can nitpick Mike McCarthy all we want. Well, you know, they did a pretty good job with Aaron Rodgers. How much credit is that on Mark Mike, I don't know, but he has to get some. He he just does. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. I, I get there were some articles that called him the village idiot. Maybe Aaron doesn't think that highly of him. For a long time, Mike McCarthy was widely regarded from basically 2010 to like 2015 as a top four or five coach in the NFL. I know the coaching community thinks pretty highly of him. Ended weird in Green Bay. I, I think Mike McCarthy's a pretty solid head coach. But I would want my quarterback, if I really like the guy, under contract. I think there's a chance Mike McCarthy doesn't like him that much. And if you're Jerry and you just hired this guy to a five- or six-year contract, what's the rush in paying Dak? You have all the power because you can franchise him this year and then again next year. And if this year he goes on to have a Joe Flacco-type season and you win the Super Bowl or you make a long playoff run, then you can extend him and quote-unquote overpay him. But if he doesn't, maybe you can look to move on. Who knows? Maybe Mike McCarthy, I don't think he would. It would be impossible to, like, Andy Dalton better than Dak Prescott. But maybe Mike McCarthy likes the thought of a much cheaper guy with a team that has a bunch of money spent on other positions to give you a little wiggle room. I don't know. But when you have not had contract negotiations since March, you know if she hasn't called you in a month, she probably doesn't like you that much. When you like someone, Brett Veach talked about last week when they had their conference call with the media after they signed Mahomes. They were thinking about Mahomes' contract and building their team and thinking about extending guys on their own team a month into him starting because it was so clear. That they already liked him clearly a ton coming out given they traded for him. They had seen him all season long practicing. The moment he played that Week 17 game against Denver, the lights went off for many people in that organization. And then once he actually became the starter, it was clear the guy was a star. They started thinking about it like two or three games in to his starting career. The Cowboys have had four years of Dak Prescott. It's not like he's been hurt a lot. He doesn't miss any any games. He's durable. And they've showed you with their actions, they're not that into him. Not that they're not into him, but they're not head over heels in love because it's not like they're throwing a bunch of money his way. They're not rushing to do some Kansas City Chiefs contract. And I'm not even talking about 10 years, 500 million. Where's their like five-year... You know, $200 million contract. Again, I've said from the jump, the Jared Goffs, the Dak Prescotts. I'm just not in the business of paying them big-time money. I, I can't do it. Now, you could always push back and go, well, how are you going to upgrade? I, I think it's never been an easier time to, to find functional quarterbacks. And if I'm going to spend 35 to $40 million on a quarterback, he better be Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, peak Aaron Rodgers, I know Brady always took discounts, but peak Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. I ain't doing it with a guy that is probably somewhere between the 14th and 9th best quarterback in the NFL on a given day. I I can't do it. I can't pay a premium for a guy that's not a premium. It's kind of clear that the Cowboys are thinking that as well. Okay, let's talk about our favorite subject, the coronavirus And something I saw that's happening in the NBA. Now, the NBA is very, very sensitive when it comes to anything, right? We we know that. Uh, And the coronavirus and this bubble situation is off to a weird start. They had a lot of star players, I think like five all-stars, did not show up with their teams. And one thing we learned throughout Monday is that two of those players, two of easily the most famous players in the NBA, and our teammates, Russell Westbrook and James Harden, have corona. And it's not that big of a deal now, given that it's only July. I'm recording this on July 13th. The games don't start till I think, you know July 31st or August 1st. But if you want to be a league in 2020 who's in bed with gambling companies, and on my other podcast, I'm in bed with a gambling company. Here's what I know. If you want to be taken seriously as a gambling operation, as a sport we should gamble on, you have to be transparent with your injuries. And in 2020, that also includes corona. Now, the sport that is by far the best at their transparency, who has been in bed with gambling the longest, indirectly, is the National Football League. There is literally an injury report... Every single day of game week, right? I guess every single practice day. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, official list Saturday. Now, sometimes things crop up on Sunday, but an hour and a half before the game, we know the actives, we know the inactives, and throughout the week, we've gotten, you know, probables, questionables, likely, the the stuff during the week for injured players. And the NBA, who has dipped their toes heavily into gambling, though... Unlike football, questionable sport to gamble on during the regular season. Guys, don't try and load management. During the playoffs, I've gambled on series. I've actually gambled against Russell Westbrook and OKC the last three years. Won money every single year. In two of those years, they were the heavy favorite. One big cash. I like gambling on NBA playoff series. But right now, the NBA is clearly not being very transparent with who has corona and who doesn't have corona. I don't really understand it. For example, golf. When a guy gets Corona and they pull out, they announce it. The NFL. I, don't, I haven't seen the protocols. Last I saw, they were working on different protocols with the union. They're talking through it on Monday. I guess they have another call on Tuesday. Here's what has to take place. The moment a player gets Corona in the season, it's not as important during training camp, but once you start playing games, the public has to know because especially if it's a quarterback if Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes or Jimmy Garoppolo or Jared Goff or I mean we could list every quarterback in the league is going to be out for multiple games I can't find that out an hour and a half before the game on Sunday because the one thing we know so far this fall the media is not going to play a big role they're not playing a big role in the NBA they're not I think like one guy's allowed to go to practice not that many people in the bubble. For those of you that haven't seen, in training camp, they're only allowing four media members per day at a practice, and even then, you're not allowed to comment, tweet, or write in your story what happens at practice. Which I don't even care about that. That impacts, you know, other NFL franchises. But I think for I think there's two reasons why they do the injury report every every week. One, competitive balance. Know who's in, know who's out, or give yourself. Each team a field. Because you have to send the injury report to the opposing team. When I worked for the Eagles, I would print out the injury report my first year. When I was like the lowest guy in the totem pole. And I would take it. First I'd drop it off to Andy and Howie. And then I would take it to every position coach. And I would drop off a hard copy of the injury report. Who's probable. Who's out. Who's doubtful. You know, on every assistant coach. Especially the coordinators. And... I think the NBA is showing. I'll be shocked if they're very transparent in the bubble when it comes to the coronavirus. Well, you can't be in bed with gambling companies and do that. I can't all of a sudden be like, well, I've just put money on the Houston Rockets and all of a sudden James Harden and Russell Westbrook are nowhere to be found. Now, we understand that at any moment, guys can get it and they're going to be out. Which, I listen, I, I, I am pro all these leagues starting back up. People are going to test positive. We know that. If you just look around the country, people are testing positive at high rates. It's mostly younger people. It's mostly younger people right now. And look at the the demo of the professional sports leagues. But when it happens, you have to tell us. And I think football, and you can give me, what about the HIPAA? And I see all these media, what a HIPAA? Well, you tell me all the time when they get an ACL... You tell me all the time when, hell, they get sick in a non-pandemic. You tell me when they have serious injuries or serious illnesses. You have no problem breaking that. What is the difference? And I, I think the the leagues need to get on top of this. And the NFL, who is as pro-gambling now as any league, because they see the revenue stream and they see the money that's going to start flowing, that it's a complicated season. And we, we all acknowledge that. And, and you can we'll dive in as the season gets closer. It's going to be a challenge. I think I've seen some week 1 lines already out. It's going to be difficult. I don't even know how you factor in if fans aren't allowed home field. It's weird. I mean, it's just we'll dive into all that as we get closer and we know more information. But the number one thing we have to know is is your quarterback healthy? Is you know, your star defensive player going to play? Like, is he just a quote-unquote healthy scratch, and all of a sudden, well, obviously that guy got corona. Like, that can't happen. That, that, that 1 million percent cannot happen. The consumer has to know. There can't be inside information, and I, I think it's going to be a complicated issue, definitely in the NBA. I, I am confident the NFL will get out in front of this but it'll be interesting. I think they need to they need to look at how baseball and basketball, I don't know how baseball necessarily is going to handle it, but I don't think baseball is making it public either. You can't be taken seriously as a gambling sport. And when all they talk about is gambling revenue, gambling revenue, ga- gambling revenue, part of that is transparency. If you want people to gamble on your sport. And I, I think this is going to be a trying time this fall for these people to actually practice what they preach. Luckily for the NFL, they already have a built-in mechanism
0: Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi Fi? Oh my, look at that! He is. And you will
1: not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get... had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: What's up? I'm John Wall,
3: and I'm CJ Tolodona, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA 6 man of the year Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Okay, let's dive into a little something we call the Middlecoff Mailbag. At John Middlecoff, Instagram handle, fire in those DMs, and you get read here on the show. And if you're mad at me because I haven't read your question, I apologize. I don't have a great accounting method that I don't mean to skip anything. I don't mean to miss anything. Sometimes I just do. So if I have missed your question, just send me a DM again, and I will hopefully read your question. I'm not doing it on purpose. I just uh, I just got a lot of DMs with a lot of dudes asking football questions. Question for you from Gavin. Right now, the current rhetoric is that athletes should be okay to play during the pandemic because they are in top shape and the lower impacted age group. While I know there are still a lot to figure out, My concern is that athletes with underlying conditions and what this means to them and their team is being overlooked. For example, as a Bengals fan, I am particularly concerned about Geno Atkins would not be able to play because he has sickle cell. Have you heard any conversations around the topic addressing situations in which players have underlying conditions and current thoughts about handling these cases to lessen the harms to players and their teams? It's a great question and one that I don't have a great, you know, feel for answering. I would imagine there are going to be guys that have underlying conditions that have made some money that may skip playing, just be an educated guess based on some of the other leagues, had some guys not play. Uh, The other thing, the NFL, different than like basketball, it just has a lot more players. You know, you have 53 guys in a roster. Now, I'm pretty sure Vaughn Miller has asthma and got corona, and he's playing. Uh, I, I don't know about sickle cell, the impact that has. I haven't, I'd haven't. i have to read something. You probably know better than me if you're even thinking about it. I'm pretty sure isn't that. Uh, people with sickle cell, that's the limited, is it white blood cells, and guys going into Denver, Colorado, why guys haven't played in the past trying to think who, who was it that didn't play a while back a safety I thought that didn't play against the, the guy on the Steelers I I, I don't remember but I, I know it's definitely happened before when they played the Broncos uh, yeah I mean I I think they will have protocols and cautions to be overly cautious with every player let alone the guys with underlying conditions part part of the reality we're living in though uh is you know the PC crowd won't like this but you don't have to play you know if you have underlying conditions like you don't have to play and then depending you know you know based on pay and i you know their legalities you can always sue to try to get your money if you want to play but they don't let you play i don't know these these are things that are above my pay, pay grade in terms of complications uh when you just look at the history of the NFL because the guys you know your career can end at any moment and the amount of money a guy like Geno Atkins would have on the line, I would I would just take an educated guess he'd want to play, but I, I don't know. You'd have to talk to a doctor. It's a good question, though. If you had to pick one of these three quarterbacks for the next 10 years, which one would you choose and why? Lamar Jackson, Carson Wentz, and Deshaun Watson. I had a buddy text me in the league the other day and said he heard something, I think, Uh, Colin was talking about Lamar Jackson kind of like Patrick Mahomes in terms of the contract and what you're going to do and this scout high-level scout had a good point he said well the thing with Patrick Mahomes he's 25 and as crazy as it sounds he hasn't really scratched the surface like he's he's only been a two-year starter he can get a lot better mentally in terms of reading defense he even talked about like When he That first year he started playing, he didn't even quite know what was going on. He won the MVP. Think how much better he'll be mentally in like four or five years. Where you could argue Lamar Jackson might never be better than he is these first couple years in this upcoming year. Like, it might be the peak of his powers. And his point basically was like, Patrick Mahomes is ascending stock. He is trending up. There's a chance Lamar Jackson, that, that was as good as it gets. Because a huge percentage of what he does is based on his feet. And you're not able to run around like that forever. Now, he's young. He's a freak athlete. Here's the other thing. When you run around, you you essentially or eventually get hurt. Maybe you can avoid it for a longer period of time. It feels like Lamar is a pretty smart runner. But I think Carson Wentz, by far, is the most talented of the three. But if I had to pick a guy for the next 10 years... I. That would be a pretty risky bet, right? He got hurt in 17. He got hurt in 18. He played all 16 games, but he didn't get a concussion in 19. Now, that's a freak deal. But betting on a guy that legitimately showed me he struggles to stay healthy would be kind of crazy. He was hurt in college. Lamar Jackson, I I still think, is a really risky pick. I know Deshaun Jackson, or excuse me, not Deshaun Jackson, uh, who I think Schefter tweeted will go to Auschwitz. Uh... I would imagine after the pandemic. We'll see if that comes to fruition, but claims he will. It would be between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. I would go with Deshaun Watson. Now, like I said, I think Carson Wentz is the most talented. If injuries weren't a factor, he'd be a no-brainer first pick. And I think there's a a chance if he doesn't stay healthy, he's better than these two. Lamar Jackson, I I just struggle with guys that are very, very dependent on running the ball. This is a passing league. And when it was not you know, cut in time, the last two years in the playoffs, Lamar couldn't get it done because he couldn't throw on third and long. And I know people have said, well, if you look at the game last year, 500 yards offense, I watched the game, got his ass kicked. Deshaun Watson has carried a very, very flawed team to the playoffs year after year. And even he doesn't, I wouldn't say, have a great arm. There's just something intangible about him as a passing quarterback, as a playmaking quarterback with his arm. I've seen Lamar do it when they're just kicking people's asses on Monday Night Football, playing the Rams, whatever. It just hasn't translated to big games. I saw Deshaun Watson do it last year in the playoffs while getting his butt kicked by the Bills, who are one of the best defenses in the league. And just play after play after play after play, the dude just made plays. So I would go with Deshaun Watson. Now, I I, I like that question. Lamar Jackson to think that he can just sustain this for a decade is would be naive based on history. Maybe he's an outlier, uh but usually, you know, when if you bet on outliers, you tend to get burned. Question for the pod. What do you think teams like the Raiders, Chargers, or Steelers, Bengals have to be able to do to win their conference against stacked power teams like the Chiefs or the Ravens? Especially with Mahomes staying in Kansas City for the next decade. Personal question. What kind of career path did you take to become an NFL scout? That's something as a college student I'd like to look into. Okay. On the personal question, I have a YouTube page. And I I do it with Guy Haberman, who I have the other podcast with. And and we put up a couple videos, I think two weeks ago. He's a play-by-play guy. I was a scout. How to become a scout. I put the video on the YouTube channel. If you go to the YouTube channel, Haberman Middlecoff started it during Corona. Bunch of NFL videos. A lot of Niner talk too, but we put a video on how to become a scout up on the YouTube page. So I I think, because a lot of people have asked this question, I just put it on the YouTube page. Easy to find, easy to see. Kind of a breakdown of my path. Though, like anything, and like any industry, there's no direct path. This was kind of a a, you know, I'm not, the path I took might not be for everyone. Your question on Kansas City and the Ravens. I think the Chargers and the Raiders are in a little more trouble. Because when you're in the division of, and I think the closest thing to this would be Brady or Manning, they're going to kick your ass the majority of the time. Mahomes is going to be the best player in the AFC West until he gets injured. I mean, he's 25 years old. There's a chance the life of this deal is just his entire prime. The Colts had Peyton Manning for, you know, what, 14, his prime. Really, his prime started year two, they kicked everyone's ass. Felt like they won the AFC South every single year. And remember, the Titans had some good teams. Uh, Jaguars weren't any good, and the Texans were bad. So the division was definitely easier. To me, the Raiders, like, how are they going to score with them? The Raiders struggle to do two things against the Chiefs. Score at their level And they can't play any defense. So if you can't cover anybody, they have no pass rush. The Raiders are an awful matchup against the Chiefs under John Gruden once they got rid of Khalil Mack. An awful matchup. They have no pass rush, and they can't cover a soul. So maybe their defense is better this year. We'll see. The Chargers, actually a little bit better matchup because they got a bunch of defensive backs, and they have good pass rushers. If you're going to play with the Chiefs, you better get after the quarterback, and you better have guys that can cover And the Chargers have those two guys. Now, can they consistently score? Who knows? Tyrod Taylor, Justin Herbert, a lot of unknowns. I don't have the answers. Can't wait to watch it. But I say the Chargers match up. If Justin Herbert just becomes like a Dak Prescott, Chargers should be pretty good. If Justin Herbert is just Dak Prescott, what he became, Chargers would be in pretty good shape. Now, are they better than the Chiefs? No. Can they hang with them? Yes. When it comes to the Steelers and the Bengals, uh... You know, you just got to stop the run. I I think it's just that simple. You have to corral the running game. When you can stop their running game, they're human, right? When they can just run the ball down your throat running the option, you're going to be in some trouble. And right now, no one can stop the run game. They run it down people's throats at will. So when you can stop the run game, you've got a chance. The Ravens' defense is good. The Ravens are a very, very tough regular season team to play. Playoffs, different story. Regular season, challenge. Thoughts on how the Pittsburgh Steelers will do this year? Thoughts on how Big Ben will return? Love the pod. Appreciate it, Sam. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's 37. Does he turn 38 this fall? I, I, I've i been saying it from the jump. I, I just struggle when you have an injury, like you tear your elbow. So Roethlisberger turned 38 this year. Think about this. He's 38 years old coming off a game where he could not make it through week one and missed the entire season and he had a major elbow injury as carson palmer told me when i had him on the podcast maybe a year ago uh i guess less than a year in the fall is that as you get older and it's one thing when you get hurt 27 28 hell even like 32 you can the rehab sucks but your body can you know overcome it when you get into your late 30s He's like, your body does not respond to the rehab like it did when you were in your late 20s. So to think that Roethlisberger, who has been banged up the entire decade, only played a full season, I think four times in the 2010s, is going to be able to give him 16 games. I'd i put the over-under at like 10 or 11. If they got 10 or 11 games out of him, they'd have a chance. So let me read you the game's played starting in 2010 12 15 13 16 16 12 14 15 16 2 so I guess it was the second game last year it's just a problem and I I think they're definitely talented enough they have a big time defense they have a sweet pass rush they got Minka Fitzpatrick who's a star Uh, they have weapons on offense they got good wide receivers they have good running back Uh, their offensive line solid it's just if you gotta play with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges again, like I'm I'm sorry. I just can't take you seriously. I, I just I, I can't bet on Roethlisberger at this time to give you a double digit games. Maybe he does. And if he does, they'll be fine. How much longer do you realistically see Edelman in the NFL on the Patriots? He is sneaky old and loss of Tom should start to kill his passion to stick around. I would say 100 percent this is Julian Edelman's last year on the Patriots. Uh, Let me bring up his contract, but I think there were rumors that they might trade him uh, during March. Like you say, sneaky old. He's 34. He just turned 34. He's been a guy that's battled some injuries. Uh, He's taken cheap deals. Now, depending on how he looks this season, is Julian Edelman ever going to get a big contract again? Probably not. I mean, Julian Edelman is a very, very, I I thought in his prime was probably one of the best slot receivers in the league a championship player, a winner, a guy you can depend on in huge games. Basically, this year, he's on the books. He'll be on the team. Next year, they can get out of it for like $2.5 million. I would imagine they either cut him or trade him after this season. So 2020 will be Julian Edelman's last season on the Patriots. And, like, listen, he had a hell of a career. Uh, He'll play for someone else. I could see him you know, in Miami with Flores, any of the Patriot-type guys, uh, with Vrabels as boy, with the Titans. uh, I I could see a team like the Niners would love him. Uh, I bet you just start, you know, I bet Pete Carroll would like him. Winning teams will like Julian Edelman. You know, even if he's an older version, just to get that winning culture, he'll play for another team. Like, I I don't see him retiring unless it's an injury.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue, while you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with All State to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
3: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I have always been obsessed with scouting since I was a kid, mainly scouting of high school athletes. I study recruits and make my own ratings for quite a while. I know I'm odd, lol. I've actually known, met multiple people in the NFL that did that. You're not weird at all. I'm about to graduate college, and I've tried different internships. Nothing has been calling my name. I'm wanting to see what's out there with scouting as a career since I use all my free time on it. Any advice on what you need to do to get into the field? I know you did NFL scouting. Any advice would be much appreciated. Like I said, I have the video on how to become a scout. If you're in college and you're doing the college recruiting, my recommendation would try to be link up with the college you're working with in the recruiting office. One problem is going to be in texting with some of you know Coach Reed and Howie, there is not going to be a lot of, and I saw, I saw Joe Clatt said this, and he's right, not a lot of coaches are going to get fired this fall because the money changed. Well, with the revenue changing, I don't think there are going to be a lot of like internship opportunities in the scouting world this fall. If college football is conference only, they're probably not even going to let NFL scouts into their buildings. Scouts are going to have to do it all remotely. So I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer because I'm, I'm a positive Petey. But it just being, I'm a realist. This is going to be a tough year for the job perspective for the scouting community. Like there aren't going to be many opportunities. So you might have to do work for free, but I'm telling you, your college, where if you go to school for a Division One program, help them out in recruiting, especially if you're doing it already just naturally or on your free time, you could help them out. So utilize that to your benefit if they're in your backyard. And if they're a Division I program, you're going to have scouts, maybe not this year because of Corona, but in future years come through. If you were the Titans, would you sign Clowney to a one-year deal? Personally, I'd rather take the money Clowney is asking for and take a flyer on Antonio Brown. Vrabel seems like the perfect players coach that AB would vibe with. I was watching some of the American Century, the golf tournament with all the celebrities, and Mahomes, like, had hit a putt. For a par, and you, you would have thought he won the Masters. In his group was Travis Kelsey, and they're like, the other member of his group was Mike Vrabel. Can you imagine if you're Mike Vrabel playing with Mahomes and, and Kelsey after you just played him in the NFC Championship game and you had a 10 0 lead? That probably was a fun group. I bet they were slamming some beers. I would, t- yeah, I'd take a one year flyer on him. You already have the kid you drafted last year from Mississippi State. Rashawn Evans is a good player, you have a defensive head coach. Like you said, with Vrabel having him there, I the thing with Antonio Brown, like, I, I think a lot of teams will just, their reaction is going to be no. We are not messing with that. And I think sometimes we forget because as time passes and we're in the middle of Corona and think how much stuff has happened in 2020. Like just the amount of things that have happened. Kobe died. Like we, we don't even talk about that anymore. And that I, I would imagine when, when Kobe died in the helicopter crash, I'd have been like, by far, this is going to be the biggest moment of 2020. Feels like it's been forgotten. So you think about Antonio Brown, like you kind of forget how weird his year was. I can't forget it, from the feet to the Patriots stuff to throwing stuff at his wife when she was, or I guess ex-wife when she was running out the door. Uh, to me, he's a no-go, and I, I and I'm a talent first guy. I can't do it, and I would be shocked if John Robinson, who's a Patriot guy, uh, and Vrabel is a Patriot guy, would mess with them. The Clowney thing, I think they would gladly take him, but they got a price. And that's 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 the smart Patriot guys. Uh, they don't try to be something they're not, and I don't think John Robinson and Vrabel, that's what makes them kind of a good combo, is they're very comfortable in their own skin. The one thing they learned from Belichick, though, is, hey, Clowney, we'll give you one year, $12 million dollars. That's our price, take it or leave it. Like we're not giving you 20. So if you want your, you know, 10 or 12 or whatever the hell they're offering them, that's the offer. Be patient. If he takes it, great. If he doesn't. But to me, Antonio Brown, they got a pretty good chemistry team. They have a pretty good thing going. They were in the NFC championship last year, or excuse me, the AFC championship last year. That's to me a non starter. Packer fan here. I'm wondering how their offense will look this season. Will they use two backs, Dylan and Jones, and a lot of play action run first? I feel like Rodgers will be throwing the ball a lot less than we have seen in the past. What are your thoughts? Do you think uh, it will be better for Rodgers long term? Well, my buddies on the Bears, after they had their draft, and they took the big running back in the second game, or in the second round, said, like, John, it's pretty clear what they're doing. And I hadn't really, I was like, God, Jordan Love. I was trying to figure out what they were doing. They want to slam the ball down your throat. Look at what they did last year. I think when they played the 49ers, like week 10 or 11, their two running backs that combined for 10, 20 touchdowns. I think Aaron Jones had 12, and the other guy had 8. And you get this running back who is good, and I know Packer fans freaked out when they took this guy from Boston College. My buddies in the league like him. They want to run the ball down your throat, Kyle Shanahan style. And like you said, hit you with play action. Here's the problem. The one thing the Niners have is, turns out Debo's a good player. They have George Kittle, and they can also throw the ball. Kyle Juszczyk is like a hybrid player. So there are other wide receivers, and Kendrick Bourne is solid. The Packers have one wide receiver. Now he's a star wide receiver in Devontae Adams, but part of like play action, you got to have a couple receiving options. So you can run the ball down people's throat If you if you can do that. That's great, but you have to be able to throw the ball. Now part of the scheme they run, the Shanahan scheme, is play action opens guys up. And you can scheme average wide receivers up. So their game plan 100% is to do the opposite of what Aaron Rodgers hung his hat on forever. Right, Carry the, Give the ball to Aaron. Let him throw it 40 to 50 times a game. Jordy, uh, Greg Jennings, Devontae, Donald Driver, Randall Cobb, you name it. All the wide receivers over the years, and they've had a ton. And just let him throw three or four touchdowns a game. That's not what LaFleur wants. He wants them to run it, control the clock, and, and, you know, not put the weight of the world on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders at 36 years old. Now, does Aaron want that? I don't know. Uh, Is it going to be complicated? For sure. But if you're running the ball successfully and you can win 10, 11, 12 games, I know they won 13 last year, I I think that's a little unrealistic, but if it goes well, I think they could win 10 or 11 again. Uh, Their philosophy is pretty clear. It's going to be a run-heavy play-action Shanahan offense team. Now, you just, if Devontae gets hurt, we saw last year, it it can really, really cripple the offense. Appreciate everyone listening. Tell your friends about the podcast. Go to Apple. Leave a review. Greatly appreciate it. Subscribe to the three and out there as well. Uh, And have a good week. You know, enjoy the summer while it lasts. And keep your head up and keep smiling. Peace.